This is CyberPod EU, the European cybersecurity podcast powered by Sockwise. And we, and we need to aim um, into having visibility in any OT network if we want to know what's going on, if we want to have a chance to recover after an attack, um, if we want to have proper procedures. And unfortunately, we find out from the survey that there is very little visibility uh, overall in the world. So we are like below 20%. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of Cyberpod EU. It is not just a new episode, but a whole new season is started. So I'm very excited to hear your feedbacks about the upcoming topics. Today, Roxana Magdo, Director of Business Development at Keysight, is my guest. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hello, Roxana. Hi. Hi, Greg. <laughs> Thank you very much for inviting me. It's uh, always a pleasure uh, to chat with you. I'm also very pleased to have you here. So a bit background about Roxana. So Roxana is a visibility and security expert, as learned shortly last year. So when we chatted around, the NATO conference, the NATO Edge conference. She is a very loyal uh, person to her, her company, Keysight, and the Ixia team, which was earlier acquired by Keysight. She has held several interesting roles before. So, dear listeners, might remember you might remember the positive energy paired with knowledge radiating from Roxana. So, we decided to invite her to talk about uh, the topic in focus nowadays, the industrial control system security. So, how are you today, Roxana? Do you feel ready for this conversation? Yes, yes, yes. I'm uh, actually on a running course, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm preparing as we speak for some certifications exams for ICS oh, security. Uh, and this is because I strongly believe that this is our path forward to, mm -hmm. you know, put all the effort and um, secure the OT world. Because I think, you know, somehow in IT, we're doing pretty well. Uh, we have quite some experience and knowledge. Uh, we kind of know how, how things are um, running in the IT world. Whereas in the OT, we are still on a learning curve. And many things are still in the process of being defined and decided. So, yeah, I think it's the place where um, to to invest um, my effort these days. <laughs> it sounds really great. And I appreciate your openness on this. I think the best start to be really aware of your current current position and then you can plan your your future and your development. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And also to stay up to date with, you know, all the developments, because only through meetings with um, other people that are, uh, you know, trained and working in the area and are experiencing the day to day uh, issues. That's the only day to to be up to date and to know uh, what is the best direction to take in, in any situation. Mm -hmm. You are absolutely right. What what happened to you since we lost uh, had this show together uh, since the NATO Edge conference. Is there any changes in your position? Uh, in the position, no. In the experience, in the experience, yes. Ah. <laughs> but uh, as I said, I'm learning every day, and um, actually, the things that I've 
seen uh, since our last talk, since uh, the NATO Edge uh, show, is that actually the direction is indeed uh, for people to be more open and pay more attention to the ICS security. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we are talking about uh, different uh, expos and conferences, um, what I noticed in one of the biggest ones uh, that I went to uh, after uh, NATO Edge, and this is the Cisco Live conference, mm-hmm. we had an impressive uh, number of people coming from the OT security side. And this kind of people didn't used to be uh, the usuals in the uh, Cisco Live conferences, but this shows uh, very clearly that uh, everyone in the industry is starting to pay more attention to industrial security and people are more and more interested to learn the new trends, uh, the new technologies that are coming out. And uh, yeah, it it truly looks like it's a very good news from my point of view, Mm -hmm. um, because it's a field where we all need to grow a lot. I fully agree. What I had lately, many conversation about, is that as you know i'm pretty active in on the german market and here here is the it sicherheitsgesetz 2.0 so the new cyber security act which actually came to life uh, two years ago a bit more than two years ago but there was a there was a deadline for the first of may for the so-called angriffserkennung so uh, some sort of an ai in place to protect the critical infrastructure networks and it also uh, aims to have OT security in place, and this is a yeah a very very funny journey for for many people because they are just at the moment trying to understand what it in reality it means. So, going back to the original question, can you recall what was the first time you met really what's the difference between the ICS and the IT in terms of security? If you had such a remembering event. Yeah, this is a funny question, actually, because um, if you talk about ICS or OT uh, and you ask me when is the first time I encounter an event, well, (laughs) that goes back to 1989. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, at that time, it was not, um, you know, network as we know it today, but um, actually, it was the real life uh, threat. Uh, I'm born uh, originally in Romania, uh, and I'm coming uh, from a family which was part of the technical um, innovators of the country. And of course, uh, during the communist time, uh, because my parents, grandparents, they were scientists, um, they were very uh, marginalized uh, by the communist regime, uh, and they were fighting a lot against the regime. And in uh, 1989, when we had the revolution in Romania, uh, my father um, was hands-on, literally. So he was very involved in the um, revolution. And um, there was a moment uh, after uh, Ceausescu left, the president of Romania, Mm -hmm. um, when after he ran away, there was a moment when uh, a bunch of so-called terrorists uh, were actually uh, trying to take over and scare the population. And actually what they were doing, um, it, it uh, it was an attack on the infrastructure. 
um, and and they were like trying to induce fear in the people. So what they were trying to do is uh, to take over the um, electrical transformation centers. Mm-hmm. And there were also rumors that, you know, they would poison the waters and so on. And, and, and if you think really well, this is actually, um, you know, what an OT um, attack is. And mm-hmm. and if we if we don't uh, look uh, too much back, you know, in 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 2021 there was such an an attack uh, in a Florida water company where an employee was sitting behind his desk and he was seeing somebody remotely accessing his computer and actually changing the the level of chemicals in the drink drinking water so this was like a sheer luck, as you can imagine, because he was like literally looking at his screen in that moment and he was seeing, uh, you know, the sliders going up. Uh, I think it was the ammonium uh, concentration uh, that, that was in the water. And and that one, you know, if it goes too high, then it becomes the what the water becomes, tap water would become poisonous. Um, yes. So I guess, you know, <laughs> in truth, reality, uh, operational technologies attacks um, have been there for a very long time, uh, just in a in a different way. And I guess today uh, the reality is way harder because if before uh, these terrorists, you know, that they needed to to act physically, they would expose themselves, they would risk um, their physical security. Today they stay behind some computers. Um, they are not risking their physical integrity, um, and yeah, they are running all sorts of attacks. Um, and and we, the only thing we can do is to learn how to protect ourselves from them and how to react um, in the case of such attacks. These are really plastic examples you mentioned. Yeah, I try to recall. Actually, I didn't know the the history so much detailed for Romania. It was. It was a moment which was which was very important for all of us in the region. As being a hum, Hungarian, I can share it, and the the common joy with which we what we what we uh, lived those days. Uh, but you are absolutely right. It was an attack against the cyber physical system. To be correct in this in these terms, this is right. And there were very similar ones later uh, in this more digitized digitalized world of today. My first uh, memory regarding a cyber attack against a manufacturing company, I actually lived it personally as a service provider. Unfortunately, I cannot uh, mention the name of the company I worked at, not even the customer. But the, the, the issue was that there was a ransomware attack. So the network components were encrypted. It started from the IT or very likely from the IT from one of the data centers, not in Hungary, but I was in Hungary at the moment. And it turns out that the whole operations were down in a couple of hours. It meant a thousand or maybe more client devices, including HMIs and and all the uh, all the servers, OPC servers, etc., robotic processes, MES servers, everything was down. And there was no way out. There was no backup for the production. There was no action items to to follow in, in such a case. It was in the early days of, of, of typical ransomware attacks. So the, what, what we could do is supporting this customer to reinstall every single machine one by one. 
My the only <laughs> the only luck we had it was around Christmas time, so there was anyway a break planned. It was just a bit end length to this this kind of uh, non productive uh, two or three weeks, and but it it took I guess five to six weeks for dozens maybe a hundred people. So just the direct cost to it was was tremendous was, was unbelievable and then of course they learned how how serious this all can be and then yes they they made uh, real 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 serious measures not to have such an event again so we have unfortunately these kind of attacks in the recent times as well we collected some examples as well for instance, we have this Arubis, Arubis, sorry, I mix up, one of uh, <laughs> Europe's biggest copper smelter company. It was hit by a cyber attack on October the 28th last year. The attack was a part of a larger campaign against uh, the metal and mining industry in Europe. And Arubis was shut down and disconnected the IT systems. What what else? He, there, there, were, there weren't other actions to be done for them as a preventive measure, I mean. So the production was largely maintained at the end, but the impact uh, was, was assessed after months still. So they were not sure which systems were affected, uh, how deep the, uh, the, the attackers could reach into their networks. Another example is, is from the US. It's uh, they called Dole. It's a, a food giant. They also suffered a ransomware attack in February this year, which disrupted their operations. So the company had to shut down its production plants in North America, and they halted food shipments to their grocery stores. The attack also resulted in unauthorized access to employee information. So there was there was unfortunately a personal data leakage as well. And the impact of the attack on those businesses uh, still being assessed, but it was in February, so it's it's understandable. We will have uh, the links in show notes if, if someone is more interested. I can also emphasize to these two examples are interestingly, so they interestingly did not share that much information in detail, so we cannot really learn from it, the only only thing we can learn how um, yeah, how devastating such an attack can be. Also, Mandiant uh, has a number of critical vulnerabilities regarding regarding uh, the in controller of Pipedream malware, which uh, is trying to use these days. And just I think it was yesterday. Did you read the, the news regarding ABB that there was yes. also an attack on ABB? We I think we had no time to to cover that, to follow up on this, but it's going to be very, it is crucial for us because ABB is one of the most known uh, technologies in the automation world. Absolutely. So what, uh, if you if you looked at these articles or maybe others, other attacks, what did you learn? What was the, the lesson for you out of this? You know, for me, and, and first of all, what I would say is the examples you gave and what we read uh, and what is available in the press uh, are just the ones that are making up to the press. I think there are very many other attacks and situations which are just not public. 
Um, but I think they, they happen quite often. And personally, I'm aware of um, very many uh, companies that, you know, have been breached, um, but they didn't want um, the information to go out for different reasons, Likewise. including including national security reasons and so on. By the um, way, do you have a guess? how? So what's the percentage of, of these attacks which uh, become publicity? Uh, publicity? My... My take is that it's below 10%. Uh, but this is truly a guess. I don't Definitely. know. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You I, can I don't see, know what the real number is. You can see reports with numbers mentioning 100 or a couple of, of dozens of, of companies affected in a, in a country, but you don't know a name in a, in a quarter. So, yeah, it must be unfortunately below 5%, in my opinion. Yeah. Sorry. Very likely. So, um, to answer your question, I guess to me the main lesson is, you know, you, you can you can't be hundred percent safe. You know, it's like a little bit like in real life, you cannot say you're sure you go for a walk and nothing bad will happen to you. There is no such certitude in life, right? Um, but then the real question is, how ready are you to deal uh, when such situations appear? You know, in real life. Some of us will make some medical insurance or life insurance, some accident insurances. I don't know. Maybe they have some backup plans um, if unexpected events occur, um, mm-hmm. things like that. And and the really, really to me, uh, the real trick is how do we handle ourselves when our ICS network is under attack? And you know, if if we try to look step by step, the first thing is, do we know what's happening to us? Where did it come from? Um, How can we immediately reduce the collateral damage? All the attacks uh, that you gave just before as an example, um, you know, they had as a consequence uh, a partial or total shutdown of the network. So the real question is, can we find ways around it, um, you know, around the situation when we get attacked so that we don't have to shut down all the production or can we just shut it down for a very limited period of time? You gave the example of uh, the attack on the company you were helping out with that they had no no backup, so you needed to reinstall everything mm-hmm. from scratch, right? So how do we yeah. make sure something like this doesn't happen um, and, and how can we restart everything without adding risk, right, to life, to the processes? Because, of course, you know, you can be under attack, you can wipe everything out and re-put everything on and restart, but actually the attackers might still be inside and they may actually create even more harm. So, to me, all it is is planning. Planning, having a full visibility over the network, nowhere to start from, having processes in place for quickly identifying the source and isolate the incident, everything that can help to start a recovery as soon as possible. Yeah, very insightful thoughts. Thank you very much. Um, actually, my takeaway of this is that cyber physical systems are just part of the IT systems of companies nowadays when the production that that be a utility or a manufacturing company is not really a different section and a different uh, business line. It's part of the operation. And it is very hard to differentiate between the OT and the IT network. But what people tend to do is that 
they differentiate based on organization or political interests. So internal politics, I mean, which come up uh, even so at larger enterprises, it's, it's more common, I'm, I'm afraid. So there is a plain old server. If, we, if it was on the IT part, it might be very well protected. If it's on the OT, it might be or might not be, but it's unseen by the IT. It happens. So it's it's not. So on my on my end, the question is is mainly not whether it's an OT system or not, but whether we have uh, a policy in common. So whether we if we have a central policy which we follow. So as you said, do we have planning for for both IT and OT? And in many cases, most of the cases, the question is that do we cover also OT, not just the IT, accidentally. So. Can you maybe describe that you personally or or your current company? Uh, so what is your added value in this area of, uh, of visibility or security overall? Yeah, so this aggregation, you know, between IT and OT, it's a known challenge. Uh, the good news is that more and more uh, companies start to understand that. And I've actually... Uh, even seen companies that uh, purposely took people from IT and moved them in OT, and which is a disruptive movement, of course, and took you know people from OT and moved them to IT just to you know kind of mm -hmm. cross train and and give them um, more exposure in in into trying to align everything, like you said, because at the end of the day, it's like in real life. If something happens to us, the first thing we need to do is understand what's going on and how we can mitigate it in the best way. Uh, does it come from OT? Does it come from IT? Does it really matters? It doesn't. Mm -hmm. What matters is um, how can we start to look up what's going on? And one of the challenges that all of these companies have, um, it's the budget. Yeah. So we know that the security tools are expensive. And no company will be able to invest in one shot, you know, in the latest and coolest technology. Um, mm. However, one thing that the companies can do, and we are always advising them into this direction, is to start by targeting for a full visibility. And when I say that, I mean for them to be able to access all the data that goes through the network at any given time. So it can be quickly analyzed and any malicious sources can be identified. Mm -hmm. And while in IT, we are pretty advanced with this. In the OT world, we are at a start only. And I think the main reason is because so many factories and, and OT infrastructure, they have a lot of legacy equipment. And in many cases, nobody wants to touch them. Um, the equipment has have uh, a lot of um, limitations, like they cannot be configured, reconfigured. Nobody wants to um, change anything. Uh, and they're considered a point of risk. So while, you know, we cannot fix this for our customers, mm -hmm. but what we can do um, is to help them to start monitoring uh, this equipment from a traffic perspective. And this is a very easy and, and non-intrusive and non-risk-inducing technique um, because when you connect a tap, the operation is as simple as disconnecting the cable from the switch and connecting it to the tap and then connecting it back. So it's a matter of you know a few seconds 
And mm -hmm. then that's it. We have a copy of the traffic that is flowing through that port. And now we can recover that copy and we have gold in our hands. We, we have the traffic, a copy of the traffic. And now we are just, the only challenge we have is to decide what we do, what to do with it. So usually we would send them um, either to packet brokers for additional filtering or aggregation, or um, we would uh, just uh, send it uh, to an analysis tool. And to give you an example, um, we have helped multiple deployments in airports. Uh, the trick to this is uh, you want to get all the data that is being sent uh, through the uh, airport network and and you want this data to be analyzed, but also you don't want to overwhelm the security tools with data that they are not interested in. So what we do sure. is we tap into the OT switches, we copy the data, and then we filter out the CCTV camera, the video traffic. And trust mm -hmm. me, there is a lot of that in the airports, mm -hmm. right? Because every corner, the, the, they have to supervise all the surface of the airport. So mm -hmm. think of some of the biggest airports you know. Um, they're all gathering that traffic. That traffic is going through the OT network, and it's mm -hmm. loads of it, right? But it's just mm -hmm. a video stream. And and when we want to, to do security checks inside the pockets, we wouldn't care about that kind of traffic, but we would care about all the rest of the traffic that goes through the network. Mm -hmm. So with our solution, we are able to help uh, our customers to filter the traffic, take out the CCTV um, camera traffic, and only send the meaningful traffic um, to the security teams, right? So the investment in the security products themselves, it's way smaller in this way because they don't have to analyze, you know, hundreds of uh, uh, gigabits of traffic, which is only related to the to the video data. So there are ways. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I guess the most important thing is companies need to start to make the first steps. Uh, and, and yeah, I get it. We'll never they never have the budget to get everything they want. Uh, but visibility is the first step, and we, and we need to aim um, into having visibility in any OT network if we want to know what's going on, if we want to have a chance to recover after an attack, um, if we want to have proper procedures um, to handle cybersecurity incidents. Thank you for this example. I, I really like this. Uh, one question relating to TAPS or packet brokers, when you mentioned these techniques for the customers, uh, can you guess how many of them understands these terms already? Or do you need to educate the people constantly? How does it look like? Yeah, it's a lot of education, actually, because the mm -hmm. people that come from the OT world, um, many of them used to um, work in a you know safely enclosed environment. Um, because the OT network did not have access to the outside world. Yes. Uh, so the techniques for security, um, the need for visibility was not there. Uh, 
and today, because of the merge between IT and OT, the need for automation, the need for better return on investment for faster access uh, to the resources and so on, which is, yay, it's a great mm-hmm. thing, right? It's, it's just like with the artificial intelligence. Yay, artificial intelligence is great. We just need to make sure we use it the right way. Um, it's the same thing with the IT and OT connection. Yeah, it's great. But if we're not aware of the potential bad consequences as well, we are putting ourselves at huge risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has been a, a SANS um, survey that was done last year. And this is one of the things I'm always um, talking about when I go to the conferences. Uh, it covers it covers the entire world and it's interviewing, I think, around uh, four or five hundred um, different people from different companies. Uh, obviously, it's anonymous. Um, and unfortunately, we find out from the survey that there is very little visibility uh, overall in the world. So we are like mm-hmm. below 20 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a lot of work to do. <laughs> I would be grateful if you could share this this link with the audience so we can add to the show notes it's absolutely interesting with, with pleasure yeah with pleasure thank you very much so it might be that you already know that our episodes have the headline of the week part so we arrive to this point now so today's headline of the week is called rockwell incident which is not to be mixed up with roswell incident which was about ufos Headline of the week. This is a bit similar to the ABB um, attack, which was uh, publicized before yesterday. But luckily to say so, regarding Rockwell automation, we have much more insights already. But still, it's far from being understood how deep is this uh, issue. So let me summarize this article. Rockwell automation might see a trial because it turns out that they might overlook a serious insider threat. Rockwell Automation is a leading manufacturer globally in full scope of industrial automation. They produce PLCs, HMIs, parts and integrated systems also, embedded systems, etc., including a large set of software. So what happened is that a memorandum related to the investigation cites a whistleblower claiming that employees working at the Chinese facility are responsible for developing code, offering support and creating patches for vulnerabilities found in Rockwell products. And there, there has been some concern that those employees could find security holes in Rockwell software and use them in zero-day attacks aimed at systems in the US. So, based on my understanding, uh, on one hand, we have a dependency of of China because of their production capacities, their the knowledge, and you know half of the world is is using the electronic devices manufactured in China. But on the other hand, uh, by this example, we can we can identify um, unluckily that there might be a serious risk in terms of a very special type of supply chain attacks. Not, it's not sure at the moment, but there is a real uh, yeah, knowledgeable or, or, or understood way of attack in this case. But the risk is definitely there. And I'm, I'm afraid that the same will, 
will occur with, with ABB when they go further with the investigations. So these embedded systems are working in thousands of shop floors in the U US and, and Europe. So what is your take in this topic? You know, Oksana. Greg, um, my view is risk is there, right? I have a friend who is um, always laughing and he's saying, living is risky, right? <laughs> Life is risky. I think risk right. is always there. It's let off, you know. <laughs> if we talk about uh, if we talk about the OT world, uh, you know what's the risk? Every employee is a risk. Every guy that can go go inside the company with a new USB stick, which we know it's one of the easiest way to infect, right? It's known. It's there. It's a risk, and each company is mitigating it the way it can. So. Like if you ask me, in one hand, did it make the headlines? Yeah. Why? Because uh, it's something interesting and uh, uh, we can make publicity about it and so on. But is it something that is like really very shocking? Not really. And I do not think that oh. if a factory <laughs> is in China or elsewhere, you know, the risk will decrease. Risk will always change in type or form. Um, you know, it's just like my example from 1989, right? The terrorists were attacking strategic objectives. And, and this will always be. The real question is, how do we deal with the terrorists? And, and this is something that requires the, a huge skill. And I was reading the other day, completely unrelated, um, about, you know, the negotiators that deal with the ransomware or with hostages and such. Those people have huge knowledge, right? They, in order for them to succeed at what they do, uh, they they do a lot of training. They're specialized, and and if they they make it, it's because they know their field so well. And the same goes in cybersecurity. If you want the infrastructure to be protected, then you will need to work with the experienced patch. You know, you need to buy the right tools. Um, you need to use the ITOT collaboration. You need to have a, a experience um, SOC. Uh, you need to have um, processes ready to to mitigate uh, the situations. You need to have people ready. You know, like you give the example earlier. Um, it, it's Christmas. Okay, who cares? You need to have someone ready to come in and help you, right? And and those people that come in, they they need to know what to do. You can't just you know, call a colleague to deal with it, with the situation, if they have not been trained at that. And and I think this is all it is, you know, risk there always is. I guess the tricky question is, how do we deal with it? How do we mitigate? And this is where we should all focus our attention rather than, um, you know, get... Um, inflamed by the media, oh my God, now, you know, everything that is coming out of this or that company, even us, to be honest, you know, we can always ask ourselves, of course, uh, in our case, the the tops, they are not uh, addressable in any way. They don't have, uh, they don't have any software running on them and they don't have any IP address. So obviously, uh, from this perspective, they do not represent any kind of cybersecurity risk. But there always can be something else happening. You know, someone can destroy them just inside the factory. 
right? So still an inside job, someone can disconnect them. So even with us, even if we say we are 100% risk-free, um, yes and no. <laughs> yeah, Risk, there always be. This is my take on things. Ah, it's, this is like a cold shower. Uh, you are you are telling that risk is is is, is everywhere, and uh, you can say that hey, this is a huge risk regarding this uh, this Rockwell automation example. But the thing is that it's even worse, <laughs> which is your, which is your, now you are mentioning. I'm I'm afraid I I agree. Um, so what I can add to it is that yes, uh, to summarize so. Um, evaluating the risk you have, uh, creating a priority list will definitely help you. Creating the visibility is prime. And then to have the competence to respond, to have plans in place, definitely. It is more important than ever before. But I also would like to mention that next week we are going to have a funny event together. And then it's, uh, it's about an OT attack happening. So we are going to show how do we notice an attack, who is doing what, uh, together with the IT and OT people and the SOC analysts, and and the whole. It's going to be an, an experience for all of us being part of this show. I'm really looking forward to it. So, what do you find the most interesting in such a demo? Oh. To be honest, I'm waiting forward to it. You know, I think the best thing about this demo is that it will be a reality show, right? Mm -hmm. So, so the people participating, they will be actually able to see how the finger is trembling on the keyboard, right? When you are discovering <laughs> something is going on, and um, you know, I was telling you about my certification. So while I was uh, taking the course. Uh, for this, there were uh, several uh, people participating from different countries and everyone coming, you know, with a security background and so on. And, and we were all laughing because everyone was saying, you know, there is no one single attack that you have to deal with, which makes you be relaxed, right? And just mm -hmm. say, oh, you know, I've, I've seen this before. No, every time is different. Every time it's stressful. Um, every time you're under pressure, every time you're wondering, am I doing the right thing? Am I missing something? Uh, so I think it's so cool <laughs> to be able to assist um, to such a scenario from the outside, right? And actually see how the things um, are passing, you know, what, 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 would, what things should look like in an ideal world. And uh, you have to look at the danger and not really feel it. I think it's very cool. I, I like very much the concept. Yeah. It's good to hear that. So on the 25th May, I bet we are going to hold a great show together. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it, it's interesting. I remember my first touch with the PLC. It was ooh, unfortunately in the in the the year thousand before this one. So in the in the 21st century already. Uh, at those times, we just uh, yeah just coded the PLCs. It was not able to upload a program at that time, from from as a via an, an IP connection, which is now available. So we are going to test it together how it feels. Uh, and Roxana, with that, I thank you very much for your time this time again, sharing your thoughts on this topic. My personal takeaway is that 
uh, yes, we, we, how you started, you, we have to have planning and you don't have to be afraid of risks because everything is a risk. <laughs> yeah, that's precisely how I would summarize it. And Greg, thank you so much for your invitation. It's always a pleasure to, to chat with you and uh, always learning many interesting things from you as you are very insightful all the time and uh, always up to date with everything. So thank you so much for oh. everything. And yeah, waiting forward to see you next week. Thank you very much. I, I will copy this last part, uh, I think, five times and put it into the show several <laughs> times. It's, it's so nice to hear it. So going back to you is the serious topic. So dear listeners, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Just make sure that you subscribe to Cyberpod AU and you can read the show notes under all episodes. And please tune in again next time. Stay secure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This was CyberPod EU, the European cybersecurity podcast powered by Sockwise.